It's the state of our football nation, George Danikin, along with Josh Parrish, and now in his own green room, the man himself, the CEO of Western United, Chris Pelibanis. Yasser, Chris. Good evening, and thanks for having me on. And I'm actually disappointed we can't do it in person. I can't wait in a day where we can actually do it in person. Oh. But it's not far. Hopefully, it's not far. Have you spoken? Have you spoken to Daniel Andrews? No, but uh, I'm happy to. Um, I think we all we're all ready to get back to normality as much as we can. I, oh, no, hopefully, in, this, in line for the start of the next A League season, which is now, I think, I think I read somewhere 59 days away or something like that. It's not far. It's exciting. Uh, look, uh, what's also exciting is news that uh, Western United have uh, made a commitment and will be seeing a W League side. Yeah, so we found out about a month ago that our endeavour to have a W League season for the next uh, W League team for next season is uh, has come to fruition, and, and it's something the club's really excited. We've got a partnership with Caldy um, in the West, and and that now, you know, the foundation we've set there and the opportunities we're going to give young girls in the West. And to be honest, young girls that you know are playing football with another W League team mean, means more opportunities. It's super exciting for everyone, and and to be honest, I can't wait to enter that world. And and you know the works commenced 12 months ago, and um, I'm privileged enough to work with people like Amanda Stella, who's um, at Calder United, and Mark Toscaro, the coach there. And and the foundations are being set, and the hard work's starting now. So in 12 months, we hit the ground running, and. You know, there are some loyal girls at Calder and some loyal girls in that play football in Victoria that are going to get another opportunity or, or get an opportunity to play, you know, at the highest level in the country. So super exciting. And, you know, all those girls that are 13, 14, 15, they've got something to aspire to now. So, um, you know, it's, it's exciting for everyone. Uh, we talk about coaches and we talk about assistants and everything. You're in a unique situation. One T-shirt now covers it. JA1, JA2. Yeah, we do. We do. We've got two JAs. It gets a bit confusing in the office. So, but we've got someone in the middle too that separates them a little bit, Hayden Fox. So you put, right. put them both on one each side so it's easier to differentiate. But HF, yeah. half time. No, no, yeah, no, that's, no, no. Yeah. Never, never mind. Never mind. No. Look, that's exciting. What are the, what's it like having Johnny A around? Uh, Johnny Anastasiades has been part of the fabric from the beginning. He's a wonderful character, a tremendous coach, cr- tremendous assistant, tremendous knowledge of the MPL and young talent, and Johnny A, who, uh, you know, as we know, great history in the game, one of our favoured socceroos, and he's had um, an interesting time from his early days uh, at Hart, then, of course, uh, at Brisbane, and, of course, uh, now now coming to, to the green room. Yeah, so um, exciting to have John Aloisi join the group, Hayden Fox, and, and obviously all our other coaches as well in terms of, um, Frank Urich and, and um, Johnny Anastasiades. It's, a, it's an exciting group. Um, I sit back and just I'm excited to the fact that I see the hard work they're putting in. You know, um, they're all the culture that they've created and the um, teaching environment they've created for our players. You know, you don't know how it's going to translate to results or not, but from where I'm sitting as a CEO of the club, I couldn't be more happier in the direction the club's going. And some of the things we put in place at the end of last season in terms of the people we wanted to bring the club, the culture we wanted to create. Um, from the board down, we're, we're super impressed. And, and and Johnny Aloisi has a lot to play with that. And our GM of football, Mel and Pubato, done a massive job to, to create that in the first couple of months of being there. And it's just exciting. And now as we bring in new faces, well, new players and all that, and them integrating into what we're building, I can really see what we're developing and it's something special. So... Um, can't wait for the season to begin. 
Speaking of building your building, the new ground, it has started, the new stadium that will be unique and you'll be your own. Uh, so where do you play uh, this uh, new season of football? It just, as you say, the days are counting down. Yeah, so we created a bit of an uproar, as you probably know, a couple of weeks ago. But um, yeah, so we've now landed back at Amy Park, which was obviously our preference at the start. Um, we've been able to, uh, with all the um, stakeholders involved there, we've been able to reach a solution to play um, games at Amy Park, which is really exciting because it is a great football facility and it is a purpose-built football facility. Um, we did try and obviously have a looked at um, Lakeside Stadium and we entered into agreements there as we spoke, but um, clearly we weren't privy to South Melbourne's arrangements there and, and we couldn't work and ultimately uh, disappointing from one part because we couldn't work on a, um, something beneficial for all parties at Lakeside because it is a venue that isn't used that much in summer and, you know, something that football struggles to do is unite and work out a way to all work together and create opportunities for additional revenue for everyone in the game. So someone, I find that a little bit disappointing, but we move on. We, we um, get back to Amy Park and that's exciting because it is a really good, um, it is a good stadium. Our players are really excited. Our football department's excited. And most importantly, our members and fans have an opportunity um, in a COVID world to come to a facility that hopefully will allow us to get even more numbers there. Josh. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of noise around the lakeside situation, but it was your first preference to play at Amy anyway and just continue, um, you know, with the continuity you had there from last season, right? Yeah, that, that is true. And, that, and as a board and as an executive, that was our first preference and as a football department. However, at the, during the negotiations, that became challenging and it became challenging because there's a lot more content there too with the two Melbourne rugby teams, um, the ability to have concerts there. So, at some point, we we also looked at um, a few other stadiums in the West that I think we've discussed about. But then we looked at Lakeside and we said, why not uh, an underutilised venue in Victoria? Um, why not have a look at that and, and create a venue for the next two years until our stadium's ready? Um, why don't we look at that and try and create something different, differentiate ourselves from the other two clubs? But ultimately, look, the best result for football is that we're at Amy Park and, and we get to see... Um, some quality football, you know, and give opportunity for as many people to attend. What are some of the obstacles when it comes to actually staging A-League games at some of these suburban grounds? I mean, I'm sure you've had everybody and their dog suggest where you should be playing home games in the meantime while the stadium's being constructed. But there are some uh, requirements that some people maybe aren't aware of, especially in the COVID era. Yeah, it's it's enormous. I mean, in year one, we even played at Weird and Oval, but that's even problematic because... Um, some of the regulations include 25% of capacity of seated. So if you've only got 2,000 seats, that means you can have 500 people. You need to have lighting. You need to have toilet. You need to have ticketed now. So you, previously, you could buy tickets at the door. You can't do that anymore. Um, mm. You know, some of the suburban grounds that I've heard, you know, why don't we play at Churnside Park? Well, cricket's there. You can't just pick up cricket and move them, you know. So it, people don't really understand the, the complexities of it, you know. Do they have adequate change rooms? Do they have adequate media? Do they have ability for broadcast? Um, and we've done these audits and we did these audits at a lot of these venues and ultimately we don't have these facilities. And I think I've spoken about this in my two years at CEO of West United. The biggest blight we have on our game is we don't have enough infrastructure. Yep. And the sooner we all work together to fix that, um, that's a legacy we should all work together to fix. So I think it's a complete game and and uh, you know my friends at football victoria and football australia you know we're going to work together and and that's what we want to do and that's what we're going to do at west united we're going to be different 
in that aspect, we're going to show that we can work together to create, help create football assets. So, you know, if Heidelberg get an upgrade, if Melbourne Knights get an upgrade, if South Melbourne or if Green Gully or if, or if Point Cook or whatever the ground is, and we can play a role to help in that, that's what I want to do because that means we're leaving and creating more infrastructure for our um, kids to, to in the future. So that's something we've got to work together on. It's a big project. It's not going to be fixed overnight, but um, I think it's something we can achieve. Speaking of that Chris, big project, uh, how is the stadium progressing? What's the latest and what are the next steps uh, in terms of you know getting construction underway? Yeah, um, we announced, uh, I think, over two weeks ago that um, you know, it's super exciting that construction is going to commence. Even though we've had a two-week construction shutdown, we're still on track um, to begin works on uh, the week commencing the 25th of October, which is really good, and that's the whole road. And so... Um, that's all your services and, and sorry, all your roads that you require to start construction on your training facility and stadium. So when it's a, a project of this size, um, you know, it's going to be staged. So I know I've read in people, oh, you know, the stadium's not convincing. Well, you can't start the stadium if you don't have roads. So um, it's all it's all staged. And, and to be honest, Border Western Melbourne Group and, and all the investors have done a massive job to get us to this stage. And I think the next stage in our uh, in our growth is going to be really exciting and um, I think all the football community needs to get behind us because if we when we pull this project off it's going to be something exciting not just for Western United not just for um, the people that are you know no, no, for back this journey it's for the game and that's the yep. part that I got excited with and that's why I got involved in this project and I think really? most of our board is because we can do something special here and do we need the help of government? Do we need the help of our outstanding partners, Wyndham City? Yes, we do. But it's a journey and it's a journey that takes time. And, um, you know, if we could do it in 12 months, we would have. But I built a house and it took me 18 months. So building a <laughs> suburb uh, is, is going to take a longer than, you know, 18 months or two years that we've been in existence. Okay. Chris, we've got to go because we've got uh, T- Tony Sage waiting. He's got a brand new signing he's very excited about. Yeah, Thank I'm going to give him a much. plug too. Can I give Tony a plug as well? Because well done for two. I know we're competitors on the field, but how good is it that, you know, he's bringing such a player like Daniel Sturridge to the competition and how good is it, you know, round two, we're going to see him for the first time, I think it is in Victoria, against our mob at, at Amy Park. So um, I think, uh, you know, we should really be appreciative and people that love football should be appreciative of these owners that are actually going above and beyond to bring us elite talent to the competition. So as football lovers, um, I know he's going to be on after me, but um, a real big shout out to Tony and, and Tony Pinata and everyone at Perth. Um, hopefully we beat him, but at this stage, it's, it's good for the competition. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you're no slouches either with your foreign side. No, no, no. You've I mean, got some great pickups. Leo Lacroix, Le- We're rubbing our hands, Chris. We're rubbing our hands. Yeah, we'll go, we're, we've got hopefully got a few exciting, a bit more news coming up in the next week or two as well. And I'll be happy to get on again and we've got a bit let's, more time. Let's do it. To do let's do it. But thanks for your support, guys. And um, really exciting and can't wait to talk more during the season. Pleasure, Chris. Chris Padalamas joining us from Western United. Thank you.